0: Welcome back to Probably About Politics, this episode, Guatemala.
1: Okay, let's do this.
0: We're in North America for what I believe is the first time on Probably About Politics in somewhere where a lot of people don't think of this country being in North America.
1: Mm -hmm. But technically, Central America is not.
0: I only think of a bunch of countries being in North America because- Probably like five years ago, I took an online quiz. <laughs> I know one of the questions was, "How many countries are there in North America?" Mm-hmm. And I said three, and the right answer was twenty-two.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's different. Yeah.
0: And ever since then, I, I asked that to tons of people. I'm always like, "Hey, how many how many countries are there in North America?"
1: <laughs> and
0: everybody says three. Sometimes people say five yeah. for
1: some reason. And then, but do these people are these people annoyed with you almost immediately once you? You come out with your hot answer.
0: Oh no, people people love it when you just ask them questions you know they'll get wrong <laughs>
1: and then just
0: and then just push your ideas down their throat. That's great. People love it. Uh, I've never I've never had anybody upset or challenge me on that answer. Oh
1: well there you go. You're doing you're doing uh, good work.
0: If we want to learn a little bit more about Guatemala, it's a country in Central America, seventeen million people. Got borders with it's. It's not a landlocked country. I feel like we talk about a lot of landlocked countries.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean we don't do islands very often. I think Fiji was maybe the only one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we did the Australian postal service. Oh
1: yeah, that's true. I guess an island. Yeah, (laughs) very Um, big. We did
0: Brexit. That's a a selection of islands. Anyway, this week we have Guatemala, (laughs) and a country of 17 million people with um, an election which is going to take two rounds mm-hmm. most likely yes up, up up for grabs here is all the mayorships in the country which we're not going to be talking about no. all 160 seats of congress which we may talk a little bit about mostly insofar as how it relates to the corruption in the country and then uh the president the president in guatemala can only serve one term constitutionally mm-hmm. uh and so the current president Jimmy Morales, the comedian elected in 2015, will not be being reelected. Um, not only because of uh, his unpopularity, potentially, they pretty high, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get into that a little bit. So we're going to be talking about. There's a whole lot of things being elected. We're going to talk. We're going to be focusing mo- mainly on the presidential election, but there is a lot of other stuff um, that you could take a look at if you're interested. Um, and that'll be in the in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. for sure. Some links to read about that stuff but kaylee can you kind of maybe situate us in kind of the the very brief history of maybe how about the the history from since probably what politics has been a show (laughs) let's start like 2014 2015 uh until today what's the kind of climate like there and what has led us to this point
1: all right. Yeah. So I think we get really lucky here because, um, fortunately, it's 2015 that we're starting in, so we didn't have to cover it because we'd only just started. I think we we have a pass on it. Um, but Guatemala did have an election in 2015. and It was quite surrounded by uh, a lot of excitement. It was sort of, but it was seen as potentially being a bit of a turnaround election from uh, from a long history of of complications with corruption in politics, um, and governance. Um, so what happened, uh, essentially was, um, there was a major, uh, a corruptions investigation. It was, it was, uh, led by what is called the international commission against impunity in Guatemala. Also like more commonly known as the CICIG, and and the and the attorney general in guatemala at the time and they discovered corruption um in the vice president uh uh related to uh like in uh tax evasion money laundering or no actually it was actually uh sorry related to uh national tax collection agencies and custom offices um Mm -hmm. and it was like a major kickback scheme it 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 originally implicated the vice president it then went on to implicate the president at the time um, and it re- resulted in a lot of uh, uh up, an uprising of citizens in Gu- guatemala against it and it, they were able to successfully per- persecute um both uh, everyone in, or many of the people involved including like presidents and leadership who are actually still in, in jail um so it was it was kind of an exciting time in Guatemala and then they elected this uh they elected the current president Morales Jimmy Morales the comedian who is neither thief uh, neither a thief nor corrupt I think was his slogan <laughs> <laughs> yet maybe maybe if you have to say it so much that's a warning I don't know um anyway but he he got elected it coming in saying like I'm not I'm anti-corruption. I, I I'm gonna support the CICI, the CICIG, um, and 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 then in the and and in the last few years, uh, what has been I guess revealed is that there's been a lot of steps back. So it was it was an exciting moment, but. Uh, once Jimmy Morales and his family started getting under investigation for corruption by the C.I.C.I.G.I., um, uh, it all started to fall apart. They got the uh, the sort of commissioner of the 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 agency got kicked out, and all their money got taken away. Um, and now we're at their election, and there is actually. There's like what five candidates? I think four. All f- at least four of them have five major candidates that are like considered in contention, and at least four of them are uh, have some version of corruption charges. Um, none of them are taking any strong stance on corruption, uh, and and uh, the one the one candidate who was really like anti-corruption uh, got kind of kicked kicked out of the country and can't run. As a result of, hmm. of uh, somewhat questionable corruption charges.
0: And as an aside, Jimmy's uh, election slogan back in 2015, or sorry, Mr. Morales's election slogan back in 2015 that he's not a thief or corrupt, not a novel slogan.
1: No. Maybe better in Spanish. Like it, it, it was definitely in <laughs> Spanish.
0: Has that ever worked? Has anybody ever <laughs> run on, yeah, I'll take all your money. I, honestly now that I think about it. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> So I guess that is a message that resonates with some people yeah. for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Morales is currently president. Mm-hmm. He's I'm just going to call it Sisig has been okay, uh, yeah. he's been quite critical of Sisig since uh, 2017.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And um there's been So I mean, he's critical of Sissig trying to get them to no longer really be a commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some critics of Sissig generally outside mm-hmm. of uh, the corrupt um, for reasons we might get into about how the international community plays a role mm-hmm. in countries like Guatemala with elections like this, as some people view Sissig as just a way for other countries to assert what they view as the future for Guatemala Mm -hmm. and kind of push their interests unimpeded. But so generally Morales is against this, Mm -hmm. that kind of, right. A lot of, a lot of the populace Mm -hmm. really are big fans of this commission, right. With like 20% of people being trustworthy of Congress as like 90% of them have corruption charges against (laughs) them. Um, Notably, we can talk about uh, Sandra Torres' corruption charges, but <laughs> um, many people in Guatemala actually are big fans of SISIG and what they're trying to do mm-hmm. and, and and the way they're going about doing it.
1: Yeah, and I think – so what you see, it's really like the, the more you dive into it, it's very interesting what's happening because the corruption essentially allows a certain body of elite to continue to remain in power. And um, – and in Guatemala, uh, that that body of the elite is quite uh, at least center right, if not right, um, and all major candidates uh, that are considered possible winners are of that class right now. There's no uh, there's no leftist candidate, um, and and the right is really actively sort of trying to push uh, back uh, voter engagement that would support any leftist candidates and um and and uh push opportunities against opportunities for them to run and and to sort of secure their power in in leadership and the ability to address some of the corruption issues that that when they saw actual results and uh evidence of the corruption that had happened in the in the previous uh administration and then that resulted in action i think that you know That would make you feel quite a bit of hope if you were a citizen who wants to participate in a in in their democracy and see results that actually represent what they want versus just the continuation of um being able to buy votes and 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 maintain your power through you know uh uh, assassination um attempts like i mean a, a a very large number of leftist can the the mlp is the major leftist sort of party left-wing party um and they've had something like uh i think it's something like 20 assassinations or 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 something like that uh Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like in 2018 to 2019 period no i think it's five assassinations but anyway there's a lot of violence happening very specifically to parties that would be in opposition to those who are in power
0: and if, if, you're, if you're not killed, um, generally, there's just a lot of candidates who have been disallowed mm-hmm. to run. Yeah. Like Thelma Aldana, the attorney general, um, who was running and has been disallowed. And also, we were talking before, candidates who are um, in prison in the United States. But we did have uh, an interesting point about uh, Ms. Torres, who seems to be a front runner mm-hmm. in the potentially difficult to interpret polling data coming out of Guatemala so far. Um, in that, she also has charges brought up against her to try, maybe potentially try to get try to have her not be able to run. But once you're a candidate, you're good to go.
1: Yeah. So Torres, Sandra Torres, is interesting in that she's actually the ex-wife of a former president. So for a while, she wasn't even allowed to run because she. She'd been married to a man who was already president, but I mean, she also, yeah she she was brought up on there. There were some illegal charges of illegal campaign financing um, for her twenty fifteen campaign to be president, uh, but she managed to get in as an official candidate in on time, and then therefore, once you are an official candidate, you can't actually have charges be brought against you um, anymore. Uh, whereas. Where with Thelma Aldana, they managed the right. Um, it's largely viewed as like right, uh, right-wing members of Congress and politicians uh, were able to get uh, the charges and the investigations going fast enough that she wasn't able to become a presidential candidate. So charges were able to be brought against her. So now she actually had to leave the country in order to. Avoid being uh, uh, persecuted for uh, corruption charges. Now, whether you know maybe maybe they're legitimate corruption charges, but it is a little bit uh, questionable that uh, you know the center right candidate uh, of Torres was able to avoid this, and the more left leaning uh, Thelma Aldana was was certainly not. As um, I think uh, as an interesting note, like another. W- part of the chaos like that is just happening is there was like there was one candidate uh Mario Estrada who uh was he was running um but then it turned out that he'd been caught on tape by the United States uh plotting to assassinate political rivals and bring uh, and traffic cocaine but he was like actually a pretty he was like a real candidate for the presidency um, and now he's just in jail so i mean it's just it's just there's just a lot of if you're reading about the election there seems to just be a lot of a lot of chaos going on and uh, a lot of you don't know it doesn't seem like there's anyone for as you say like the voters don't they want change or they they are supporting trying to root out the corruption but there's the people that are being put forward don't really represent those opportunities i mean it's and it's it's like the if if you even look at the big issues for the country so like the the economy is slowing there's huge poverty there's like growing poverty and rampant corruption and high level crime and all so these are the issues you're voting on then probably you want to be able to vote for somebody who can address these whereas i think very much they they don't see themselves in in any of these candidates
0: despite this which i find very interesting and we see this I think pretty often, actually, that voter turnout remains very high in mm-hmm. Guatemala, at approaching seventy percent in the last two elections, yeah. which is impressive. And it shows that this isn't because of apathy on the on the part of the populace. This really <laughs> reflects not on the Guatemalan people. They're not staying like standing pat on this. They're mm-hmm. not happy with what's going on, and there are a number of grassroots movements Mm -hmm. there are there's a lot of political engagement obviously and there's kind of this and what you were talking about there with americans finding fault with some um, guatemalan candidates it's kind of interesting how much it seems like other national players other countries are trying to influence the election and how much the people themselves who are voting want change and yet it remains the same
1: yeah i think it's it's it, the 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 situation that guatemala is in i i don't think would be fair to say that they got there on entirely on their own they've always been a tiny country on the america on the u.s is periphery like in their um in their backyard, would I guess be one of the terms to say like the U.S. feels that they have jurisdiction and responsibility there, and so they have they have historically played a very strong role um, in in the coup that led to, led to um, what was termed uh, as a, a genocide of Mayan indigenous people in in Guatemala. I mean, there's a there's a there there's that which I think is uh, if you're kind of familiar with Cold War history. Um, that happened a lot in Central and South America uh, with mm-hmm. the US, uh, uh, with the US and the CIA. So they, they've sort of had their, Their government's overthrown by the U.S. And then now they have the government now because the U.S. was worried about Soviet influence. And now you have, again, as you were, you kind of alluded to it, like with this, with this, the commission, the commission is a U.N. organization, but it's really heavily backed by the U.S. And you do have a sort of a sense that like, well, what does the U.S. why does the U.S. want? This and what do they want from it? Um, and I think you definitely have in more suspicion in that. Once Jimmy Morales uh, this sort of turned on the commission and and the the, the Trump administration, uh, we said I guess we've we've said his name before, right? This isn't the first time. I don't know, but it's very it's important to this. Like he, Jimmy Morales turns on it and says that he. And says that he'll also move the U.S. or no, move the Guatemalan embassy in in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and in in support of Donald Donald Trump's move to try and move the embassy as well in the American embassy. And once he starts deciding that the commission is no longer good for him, Jimmy Morales, uh, the U.S. doesn't say anything. The U.S. sort of sort of starts pulling back its support for this for the, the Commission um, and so I think it raises a lot of questions like who who has the power here who's really deciding um, what happens what is the US's interest in in what happens in the election in what happens in these corruption charges that are brought up um, and it just I think further sows a sense of distrust there's a lot to dig in there. I definitely, like, at very least recommend um Wikipediaing the history of US relations in Guatemala or in Central America or South America. It's at, at a very least familiarizing yourself with that. It really helps, I think, to understand. Like, you can look at some of the elections happening there and you're like, wow, they're so complicated. But like, what was the global role? <laughs> What's the history? What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: This kind of talking about american roles in and kind of the interplay between the united mm-hmm. states and guatemala um on kind of a different note uh, just reminding me of um there's an actual there's a podcast episode which we can probably link in the mm-hmm. show notes to this episode from reply all yeah uh their episode called quit already mm-hmm. where they follow um and and how she organized this this group, facebook group called Uh, It translated to uh, quit already. She started this hashtag, um, which ended up with like 10,000 people protesting the government and everybody was scared. And uh, the government was kind of getting into this Facebook group and trying to make it seem like there's going to be a lot of violence. But the people just went along with it anyway and Mm -hmm. actually showed up. And it led to Baldetti's arrest, the vice president actually ending up in jail. Mm -hmm. And it really was kind of a a small turning point Mm -hmm. in the these corruption uh scandals in guatemala and that was kind of a a bright spot and people looking forward to that and those types of things are still ongoing yeah um and it ends up leading to the same spot over and over again i
1: think so i i i yeah i see i think it's it is very frustrating i think another and another thing to note is how hard it is going to like in it's go. It's it's been made scary for Guatemalans to vote in that there is like there's been the assassinations attempts. There's the threats from a paramilitary group to 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 bomb and attack if if they're not given a uh, given their pensions. I guess I think is is the root of it. But uh, so there is a, a there there is and and many people are accusing the the president Jimmy Morales of trying to create. A sense of tension and unease, so that they don't head to the polls as strongly. And I think you can take some hope, hopefully, from what happened in 2015 to think that, like, they, despite this, they won't be held back, or they won't, they, they won't, uh, this won't stop them from heading to the polls. Um, but it means that it's, yeah, it makes it even more interesting to watch to see how, how the voter turnout will occur. And I think also if we're looking for the. The upside, um, and 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 maybe the upside is the wrong word. Is I think that I was telling somebody earlier, like it's kind of a it's kind of like exercise. You know, democracy is also a habit, Um, and so you you're going to have to show up more than once. And the second (laughs) time you show up, it's also going to be hard, and, and the results maybe aren't there, and you're not seeing it, but you got to go again and, and, and possibly you have to keep going again and again and again. And I think that that's something that is very easy to lose sight of in, in a world where like international, in the world of like an international perspective of things where you kind of want to move on and you're like, Oh, that was good. It'll be good now. It's like, no, it might not be good. They have to, we, and they, and everyone, you sort of have to keep working on it. Um, And like, even, and especially at the scale of, I think, a country like Guatemala, like they got off to a good start, but did they, did they have the supports? Did they keep working on it, um, to to keep going? Uh, no, they've maybe taken a bit of a step back. But what can they do to keep going? And it's, it's like very frustrating. And I think that would be a hard thing to communicate to citizens. But I think that's something to sort of look at when we're when we're talking about a democracy that isn't working right now and has is trying to build itself again.
0: Which is something that speaking of guada, uh, or of democracy being a habit mm-hmm. we see that in canada yeah. and especially in the united states currently in that just because something happens or works <laughs> work, the work is not done yeah. there'll always be another group that's unhappy with the current state of affairs mm-hmm. and um, sometimes that group has a lot more money
1: yeah yeah uh, so.
0: and a lot more power and are and are backed by other by other governments mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's always somebody who benefited from how it was.
0: Yeah, and I think looking at a situation like Guatemala and a lot of countries that we cover, um, it's easy to just say, oh, most most countries that we cover are corrupt mm-hmm. and have poor elections and low levels of democracy and low per capita GDP, or GDPs, and we can kind of like brush them off as that's just the way that country is, mm-hmm. I think, often is what is what happens. Um but seeing what actually led to that just like things aren't maybe corruption is the natural state of affairs (laughs) and so you it is it is the the most entropic Mm -hmm. we kind of lean towards corruption unless there are there is active work being done Mm -hmm. to fight against it but which is kind of a cynical view to just think corruption is the natural (laughs) state of affairs but i think it probably really Mm -hmm. is yeah um but kind of looking at the reasons why that current strain of corruption uh, might be in place and that it's not just because of the apathy of the people who are voting or because they don't care, just that's the way that it is in the mm-hmm. country um, and that there is kind of this international role to play, especially in, especially in this type of situation um, and I want to talk a little bit about what um, the SISIG is mm-hmm. a little bit and because we're kind of taking an international view or a supranational view on this, um, when the United Nations puts together a commission like this and then uh, Jimmy Morales has tried to unilaterally um, end this commission and the United Nations said, no, you can't unilaterally end a commission, which we started. Mm-hmm. Um, what, kind of who, who does that commission answer mm-hmm. to? And what does the United Nations actually do with the information that it gets from that? And what are, what are the machinations of like that? And how do these people get held to account eventually? (laughs) And do they at all?
1: Yeah. I I mean, it's complicated as it is everything that we cover, I guess it's all probably politics. Um, But so with the commission, it, So this particular commission is very is really the money came from the U.S. and a lot of the support came from the U.S. Um, uh, A number of uh, those involved are from uh, sort of Central and South American countries as well that are invested in it, Um, and it's so it's countries that in the region with probably in the especially in the case of the United States with a vested interest in how its stability is playing out, um, putting in money in order to support um the up uh, the uh, the efforts to investigate uh, issues of corruption and so a lot of these reports will they'll they'll come back and I, I mean a lot of the time what happens is that we we do have we have a report that says that this is what's happening and that this is bad in some cases um like like the case in 2015 they they were able to do an investigation that actually resulted in the 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 attorney general at the time being able to take action um and and i think you're looking when you look at it it's it's like the by the us backing it there is a certain amount of authority that makes it hard for guatemala to just say no you can't do this or um I mean, they—they they obviously, to a certain degree, they always can say that. But there's a certain amount of protection. They're outsiders. Corruption is very um, insidious in that it's—it gets everybody who's in the country, right? So it, you'd hope, and I think some, some I, I don't know for sure, but I think some of the hope would be that by bringing outsiders um, from other countries in, you avoid you—you're able to get people who are a little bit outside of. Outside of the uh, the corruption that is is in the in the politics and the governing, presently, um, can we do anything? Once we have it, I think so. Sometimes, uh, like I said, sometimes it works out. But I think there is a certain amount of international politics. Uh, the role that international politics plays in in just somebody should witness what happened. You know that that there should be some accountability and um, understanding of what is going on here um, and that there can be international consequences. If the U.S. decides, assuming that the U.S. has the right government and that government wants to act responsibly and in line with human rights, uh, which has not often or always been the case, especially in relation to Guatemala, then they could really have a lot of influence on... um, on the Guatemalan economy on the ability of the Guatemalan government to do certain things and act in certain ways. So yeah, you get the report. It says that all these things are going wrong. Maybe the countries involved, um, can exert their authority, their influence in the country to actually have an influence. This does depend on good actors being involved. (laughs) Um, but yeah. Going
0: forward then in Guatemala, um, This election that's happening, it seems as though Sandra Torres will be one of the two uh, presidential candidates who go into the runoff election, Mm -hmm. which will happen uh, later in August, if I remember correctly. Um, The second candidate remains unclear. We'll probably come back to this, maybe revisit it quickly in another episode Mm -hmm. later this summer. Um, And I think this is probably an episode where we might have something to look forward Mm -hmm. to i think often we say not this election but maybe next election (laughs) um with all of these charge like we we talk about how everybody running has charges of Mm -hmm. corruption against them to me that seems like it says one of two Mm -hmm. things and maybe both at the same time it's that the people who are in power are problematic Mm -hmm. and the people who are currently running for office also have issues Mm -hmm. but they also have charges of corruption against mm-hmm. them yeah which seems like a good thing <laughs> it's it would be it's it's bad that it happens yeah. but it's good that if they are corrupt there are charges and there is mm-hmm. a process that can maybe move towards doing something about this and also looking at the support of the population towards certain groups it 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 does seem as though there is a bright future look going forward from this election, and I don't know how much Sandra Torres will be part of that. But would you say that the future does actually look good to some extent from this election?
1: I think yes and no. I don't. I don't think we should expect it very quickly, um, but I think you do see a population that. Is aware and and is is invested in in the outcomes. I think it'll really depend and and what and a good reason to pay attention to this to you know to in some ways act like a witness in in the same way that uh, electoral observers are doing and are going to do in Guatemala in the same way the international like bodies in the UN will do witness this is that if the election goes well. Then that is a good thing. Like if 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 people can get to the polls and vote, and they aren't they aren't being hurt or attacked or prevented or misinformed um, from voting, and the transition between uh, President Morales to whoever uh, wins that election goes well, I think those are all good things. Those are all good signs um, of of. Of something <laughs> uh, towards a sort to of a bright future, and uh, and I I think that uh, it's 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 a country to watch, and I don't think it's a country to write off. I guess I would say it, it, that that would be where I'd leave it. And I don't know. Yeah, it's I Torres. I don't think will lead to the the bright anti-corruption future. She's not promising to, and she hasn't. But we know that she's corrupted, and maybe that you know maybe that leads to. Uh, her getting kicked out and her receiving. It, it depends on the capability of the the Guatemalan uh, infrastructure uh, sort of justice and the Guatemalan engagement of the Guatemalan citizenry to see what what will really ultimately happen. But I think what yeah what we what you the the first good sign is if if the voting takes place and it goes relatively well,
0: which seems like it will hopefully yeah and. Which is, is is something interesting about this part- these particular elections is that it does seem, despite the people that they are voting for not being mm-hmm. great candidates, the voting seems to be reasonably regular. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's a- <laughs> from
0: from what from what you can mm-hmm. see. Um, but you said that they don't seem like a country to write off, mm-hmm. and I probably about politics. We don't believe that any country is a country that we should write no. off. But we do believe something that should be written off are comments on the podcast <laughs> on various on various <laughs> platforms, and make sure you write off some uh, reviews, some thumbs up, and some subscriptions to probably about politics. This episode was Guatemala. We're going to be definitely coming back to Guatemala in a later episode this summer to talk about the runoff election to the president, to this presidential election. So stay tuned for that. And we'll have congressional results by then. And we'll be back in two weeks time from now with an episode of summer school. So stay tuned for that. And if you want to stay tuned for that and not have to check back on these different platforms, sign up for the newsletter, send us an email at probablyaboutpolitics at gmail.com. Or uh, follow us on Twitter at Probb Politics, and you can get uh, news from us there as well. We'll be back with an episode of Summer School soon and more elections throughout the summer of 2019.